0: Hello and welcome to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. It's an interview series brought to you by Taiwan's only all-English video streaming platform and all-English radio station. I'm your host, Trevor Tordomasi, And joining us in the studio today is Stephen Rong. Hello, that's not my name. Otherwise known as Rong Rong. I'm just kidding. I was messing with you because you've been so worried about my name. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I spelled it with a P H or a V. Right? Well, you have a long list of things that you do. Uh, Renaissance man of performance, singer, actor, dancer, podcaster, DJ. I guess I was
1: going to start out by asking you about uh, your singing. Um, when did you when did you get started with that? Um, so I was a biology major in, in college, and then I was at Virginia Tech. So we had the massacre of Virginia Tech. Right. Um, I hate calling it that, but that, that's what people most people coin it as. But that was in 2006. Um, so that was a situation that really made me wake up, and I, I realized that life is very short. So then I'm I had always had the dream of singing but since i lived in virginia i i just didn't really have a platform or stage or even it didn't really make sense to me that that would ever become a reality so I, I was like oh i'll just become a dentist like you know a good a good old boy and then uh after that um shooting happened i woke up and i was like you know like i'm still young and i really want to try to sing and before that my singing experience was really either in the shower or in the car okay so yeah, yeah. I'm, about, I'm about that level too yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. so okay you never know the possibilities just are need endless. To, just need a wake-up call some <laughs> right. sort. so then i um traveled to hong kong for a year and I had, had relatives there so I, I was there and took lessons for singing and um then guang da dao, like it was like a very popular singing competition it was like the american idol of taiwan for a while mm-hmm. i decided to come to taiwan to try out for that and then um did it, i made it to like top 50 got disqualified and then another one so when you say disqualified that means you're just like you weren't voted to go forward right right okay. right 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 so, so it's then kind of an aggressive word it, for Well, yeah well it's true though I and mean, to me i think that's like the thing for me is like i i thrive whenever people don't believe in me i don't know I'm, i've i've gotten to like a, a point in my life where i realized that i'm used to it like people not believing that i can do something and then like a little part of me is always like who the hell are you to tell me what to do? So then like uh-huh. I work even harder to to like do do what I wanna do so mm-hmm. that I can prove to myself and also prove to people who don't believe that I could do it. With yeah, a, with a little bit of spite, because it does feel really nice sometimes to be like in your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a healthy amount of spite. It's
0: yeah. A healthy amount of spiking the uh, the volleyball into their side of the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so I actually want to ask about this uh, this beautiful singing group. Um, there's got to be a better name for that. Choir. It's an acapella group. Acapella group. Yeah. And it's called Aquapella. Yeah. Aqua like awkward like, like aqua awkward. Awkward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for reference, it's a singing group in which you are all uh, pretty pretty great at singing, and you make beautiful music together. So you can't really tell how awkward you are well one
1: would hope <laughs> okay we do I do think we do need to practice a lot like we're all singers in our own respect but it's very different when you're a solo artist versus being in a group that's acapella mm-hmm. um, because it's you have to rely on your voice and also like the dynamics and also blending and stuff. And all of us are very, like, we have our own ways of singing and our own voices. So when you have to blend those together, it can be quite cacophonous uh, Mm. when you first start. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's fun. Uh, it's, we do have performances in Taipei here and there. We, our next performance will be May 13th. Oh, good. Okay. This will be on by then. Friday the 13th. So then I am making the theme Last girl slash boy standing. So basically, our members and the group, like the audience will be able to vote who they want, like who they think will live to the end of the show and who won't. Or who will get disqualified. Against who will that get or... disqualified. Right. And you can the plug
0: your, your, your dark podcast at the end of it, too. All right. Sure. That's right. Okay. That's actually <laughs> we'll <get> all into...
1: <laughs> part of the plan.
0: So, <laughs> so right. um, in this group, you have uh, people who, who audience might recognize like mm-hmm. Laura, uh, Vicky Sun, uh, Wang Dao-Wen, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: many others. I can't remember Joanna right now. Wong Joanna Wong part yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. there is Everyone in it is amazing. Echo is our beatboxer. I'm just there to kind of boss people around. <laughs> okay. I'm like the boss, i the bossy pants in it. To me, it's out of love because I do believe that we are a group that is really fun. We work really hard. We, uh, well, yeah, we work really hard. Uh-huh. And then we perform and we do these. Like, we don't make any money, but it's just, it's fun. It's nice to, to be able to have like a once a week thing where you can get together and practice and just be ourselves. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, so far the title of this episode is "Awkward Bossy Pants with a Healthy Amount of Spite." Yes, with co- with disqualification. With, yeah, <laughs> disqualified for a healthy amount of spite. The title's gonna get long, like really, really long. Is there a, s-
1: a certain direction you'd like to take this group creatively in the future? With uh, with um, the main leader of the group is actually Lara and Darwin, but mm. right now both of them are um, in China right now working. So I've been kind of like the like the foster mom or Mm -hmm. dad at the moment my my way is like i've been hoping that we do more philanthropic um like uh, charitable work so Mm uh like for instance the end of last year we did uh, an online concert to try to raise money and funds for uh shelters for dog shelters Mm -hmm. and then we also sang at a uh, cafe that is for for youth who have delinquents I don't know if that's the right word like they, they have mm-hmm. committed crimes before when they're right. trying to get back into society so they have a cafe specifically to help them so we went and then we taught them some acapella and they we all sing it together and that was like super like touching and that was a really nice experience so um, I've been hoping to do more events like that. Well, speaking of making people happy, mm-hmm. um,
0: oh, look, there's a dark path leading into a dark forest here. Oh, my goodness. Um, and um, it's, you host a podcast, you co-host a podcast called mm-hmm. uh, An Hei Lin, Yes. And yes. it's uh, the dark forest. Yes. And each episode seems to be a, a narrative, um, a story, uh, if you will, uh, about the darker side of humanity. Right. How do you
1: balance this? Um, Where did this come from? For The Dark Forest, the concept that I had behind it is I really love the podcast My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. which is Karen Kilgireff and, and um, Georgia Hardstark. It's a really popular true crime podcast in America. But um, I've always watched true crime documentaries since I was young. Like I am obsessed with it. I think the shooting at my school is a big part of that as well. Things like that have always been really interesting to me just because I do believe in the good of people, but I also am very intrigued by why certain people kind of veer off into a path where they either kill other people or they hurt other people. There has to be a reason why people are like that. For me, um, my my father was an alcoholic, and so I grew up in a household where my mom was very, very strong, and my brother as well. And because we had a very close uh, relationship, my mom, my brother, and I, I was very fortunate to have of support system but i know a lot of people are not that fortunate and a lot of the people that do end up committing crimes did go through a childhood that was very like scary or they were traumatized or abused and so i kind of just want to bring that to light because i don't want people just to think that these criminals when we see them on the news it's already too late to save them like they've already committed the crime so with this podcast The Dark Forest that was like my main objective I want to tell these stories we tell two cases each, each week and so with each case we usually try to explore like the reason behind why it happened and why it occurred or are there possible ways that we can prevent it so it takes a lot of time to research for these cases. Like for me, each case that I have to research, it takes about five to six hours a week, and then I have to edit the podcast, which takes another seven eight hours a week. So mm. that's fifteen hours of non paid work. But for me, yeah. like because of like the interactions with my listeners, like I I think it's worth it. Like even though if it I get two hours of sleep, like it's still okay. Yeah. Like I love it. Yeah. The editing the podcast editing business is oh my is god real. i like want to kill myself like all the time but i won't because i don't want to show up on my own podcast <laughs> I want to make sure that I stay alive. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing at that. All right. So um, what do you.
0: Inappropriate (laughs) laughing. That's one of the sound levels where we (laughs) tested for laughing before we we started. Um, So uh, speaking on a few of your other sort of performance uh, aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. um, One of the first times I met you a few years ago, I think it was after like a Red Room or something. And uh, we were talking about your background. You said you could come to Taiwan to try out acting. You you said it casually
1: and now you're an actor. Mm -hmm. So how did that work out? Most of the stuff I've been doing so far is is commercials. Mm-hmm. So that was, how did I get into that was my manager was like, okay, well, the singing thing, like, we don't really have the budget to release an album for you. So do you want to try acting? And I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So she just threw me into these auditions. And I remember the first one I went to was like for the MRT. It was mm-hmm. like a commercial. And at that time, I wasn't very confident in my Chinese. Really? So yeah, because... Okay. Um, It's been an issue with me in acting even now. Like I do have an accent when I speak Chinese and it's very difficult to get rid of accents. But um, they like a lot of directors or producers, they might see that as, oh, like your Chinese is not good enough. So, like, being told that a lot, especially when I first got here, like, it really got to my head. And I was like, oh, I guess my Chinese does suck. And then um, I would just double-guess myself. But anyway, that audition was really a good way to kind of get into it. Because after that, the auditions got a little bit easier. Like, it wasn't, like, in a big room with a lot of people. But for the first year of auditions, I didn't get any jobs. And then I would always go home and, like, think that I was, like, the worst actor in the world. And just really, like, had a lot of self-doubt. And my first commercial, like the person that was casting me, like uh, there was a little, a little misunderstanding before I met her. But on the phone, like she like yelled at me. Anyway, when I did that edition, like my personality, like I said, where I'm like, I'll show you, right? So like after she yelled at me, I was like, just kind of like like kind of internalizing all that anger, and then just like did my performance, and then. She was like, oh, my God, that was really good. And then I was like, oh, really? I was like, no one's ever complimented me before. And I ended up getting the job. So that was, like, my first one. Like, I had to get yelled at to get the job. (laughs) So after that, like, now, like, I I got more and more confident. Like, for instance, I had, like, a... Commercial for a fast food chain, and then um, the the casting director was like, "You got to go home and practice eating. Like you have to like look like you really love it. Like when you eat, you have to smile at the same time. Your the eyes picture, have to be big." Like the
0: picture of everyone eating a salad
1: ever, where they're like laughing at the salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The salad tells the
0: best joke, <laughs> yeah. basically. So
1: then I got a camera, and, and then I just practiced like eating like hamburgers in front of the camera, and I would just give myself notes like, "Oh, when you're eating this, like, what did you do this time and whatever," and like just made those little changes here and there and i got that audition so that's dedication to the craft man well i just really love hamburgers so i think i was basically doing a self of self mukbang i was like lying to myself i was like (laughs) this is for research but i was just like like, eating three hamburgers Uh and for research yeah so slowly just doing all those different kinds of commercials and stuff then now i'm getting you have a punch card you do 10 commercials you get an album yeah i hope so okay i mean like I hope I don't lose that punch card. Okay.
0: Um, so you recently interviewed uh, the singer Michael Bubble, Michael Bublé. No one's ever made that joke Michael. before. I'm sorry about that. I, I, I liked it. No. Keep I, it in. If you, I, if you edit that out, I'm going to be so angry at you. If I edit that out, I'm going to be impressed at my editing skills. <laughs> um, so, so you asked him about the kind of headspace um, he lives in when he's getting ready for uh, recording a song that sounds happy or warm or comforting. Um, has your acting experience helped you get into that headspace? space um for performances in other aspects of your life like your musical performance or even uh talking about the darker side of humanity in a podcast
1: oh that's a really good question um for me i think acting comes a little bit more naturally when i want to get into that headspace i kind of listen to the words like that scene last week the other actress when she was saying these words um before going in, I was like, you know, when I when I read a script, I don't really feel anything. I'm kind of stoic when it comes to that, and it's kind of something I'm working on. But when I hear it in real life, and when the camera's on me, I kind of those emotions come more naturally to me. I have to hear the audio. That helps me get into the headspace. But prior to, it's a little bit difficult for me to kind of get into the headspace because I feel like that's more artificial. And so when it comes to singing, it's the same thing for me. Like it's a little bit more difficult for me to get into the headspace until I'm in the studio and like really connecting with the song as I'm singing it. But before that, I don't feel anything. Mm. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you don't
0: know what you're going to feel or what mistakes you're going to make until you try. And then mm-hmm. your feed, your feedback is just the, the, the stumbling blocks along the way that you won't encounter until you start. Right. Um, yeah. And then having someone to bounce off to uh, feels pretty good. Yeah. One uh, thing,
1: though, I do realize is with everything that I do, whether it's hosting or um, singing uh, and acting, is I really like to observe other people when they're working. Um, Because I feel like everyone, no matter who they are, like, they they have something great about them. And then, like, they must love what they're doing to a certain extent. And so if you can kind of pick and choose, like, the things that they do or the the things that they do that you like or don't like and then kind of apply it to yourself, I think that's, like, something that I really enjoy doing is, like, borrow borrowing these pieces and, and just figuring out which which ones work for me and which don't you're also a dj for asia fm how's that going that's good oh my god because of that um a lot of people in taiwan they look at me they're like oh you're abc so when i'm like i'm a radio dj they're like oh at icrt i'm like <laughs> no i'm not at icrt not because i didn't want to i did audition <laughs> But I never heard back. But I do think I sent it to the wrong place. So I think okay. that's sent it to RTI. I think and RTI gets that a lot too. Something. So. I think I did send it to the wrong place because I did meet somebody later down the road that worked at ICRT and I mentioned it and they were like, really? But I'm the one who's like in charge of getting the auditions and never saw yours. Oh, so it's like, man. I obviously sent it to the wrong place. But what's meant to be is meant to be. For, for me, when I applied to this radio, other radio station... It's all in Chinese, so I really wanted to prove to myself that I can host something in Chinese, so I really wanted to improve on that. In this industry, I think the hardest thing is nobody ever compliments you. Like, they just don't, most people don't. And you mean in, like, all performance industries, I guess? Pretty much. Like, I think people are just... Comments and
0: fans, you get compliments for sure, but, like, the people above, you're like, dude, you did your job. Do no, the next like, one.
1: Sometimes they don't even say that. They're okay. just like, okay, on to the next thing. So then you're just stuck there like, Am- did I do okay? Like, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of things for you to kind of like, there's a lot of room for you to have self-doubt. And for me, as someone who wasn't born with a lot of self-confidence, it doesn't come naturally for me to think that I did well on something. So I have to make myself feel like I'm doing, like pushing myself because no one else is going to be there to push you. And I think that's something I I, I try to tell people who want to do this industry is like I I want them to know like not you're not going to get the kind of feedback that you want all the time you're not going to get the compliments you're not going to get the praise so you just have to believe in your own performance or or if you really don't know how to believe in your own performance you can go back and listen to your own audio recordings you can go back and watch your own work you can if you don't have work yet because you're starting anew do stuff with friends like you know like set up your own like little recording studio or like shoot your own videos and then watch yourself and then kind of study what are the things i like about it what are the things i don't like about it and you have to be very honest with yourself because nobody's really going to be there to be honest with you your friends are going to just be like oh yeah it's great you know and then you're going to be like the american idol contestants that go on and and then they're like who like who told them that they can sing yeah yeah, (laughs) exactly or who never told them that they weren't good enough yet you need uh you definitely need
0: a certain healthy amount of Pickiness of Mm -hmm. of TLT against yourself that you can um, say it's not good enough yet. A little bit of perfectionism uh, goes Mm -hmm. a long way. Yeah. Um, So I mean, that is good advice for young aspiring performers from the Renaissance Man of Performance here, Stephen Rong Rong Rong. You can find him. Where can people
1: see uh, more of the stuff you make? They can go to. Well, please check out my true crime podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called An Hei Sen Ling, and that is on. Uh, anywhere that you can listen to podcast, And then if you want to just kind of follow me, I guess you can go to Facebook or Instagram and you just look up Steven Wrong with P H. Wrong is R-O-N-G. Or you can look up on IG, The Wrong One, or if Trevor wants to put it, The Wrong Gun. The Wrong Gun. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's where you can find me. Okay. Oh, listen to Aquapella. Yes. Is that mostly on Instagram or do you guys have a YouTube channel? Or We don't. We need to be better at social media. We're really lazy about it. But if you guys want to come to our show, it's going to be a ri- small riverside in Gongguan um, on May 13th, on Friday the 13th. So.
0: All right. Looking forward
1: to it. I'll definitely be there. Thank you.
0: And uh, once again, Stephen Rong, thank you for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. I'm Trevor Tordomasi on ICRT FM 100.